Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Welcome to worship here at Edmonds United Methodist Church. My name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor appointed to serve this church, and this... Pastor Stan Fowler, <laughs> a retired Episcopal priest that loves to be at this church. <laughs> well, what's not to love, Stan? <laughs> it is indeed a great joy to be together, and let's welcome those worshiping with us online this morning as well. On this Sunday when we celebrate all saints, we are reminded of the importance of being community of faith together. And so now if you would stand in body or spirit for the call to worship. In all our weakness and strength, with our youth-filled spirits and aging bodies, we come to be your people, O oh God, strong in faith and eager with questions, singing our praise and whispering our prayers. We come to be your people, O oh God. Filled with saintly determination, yet mindful of our human limitations. We come to be your people, O oh God. Made strong in your endless love for us, we know ourselves to be yours, and we come to be your people, O oh God. May we truly become your people today. Amen. Amen. And now, my friends, living together on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, we want to take a moment to reconcile our hearts with God and one another through the passing of the peace of Christ. You may share signs of peace with whatever ways are comfortable for you, and your partner. May the peace of Christ be with you all. Also with you.
Good morning, children, youth, you can come on up. I'm going to have you sit down right over here. Take a seat. Ooh, there's lots of you. We like it. Okay, so this month in Sunday School, or Children's Church, we're going to talk about praise and thanksgiving. And one of the ways that we can offer praise and thanksgiving is through prayer. So I'm wondering, how do we pray? Who knows? Um, you just talk to God. You talk to God. Very good. How else do we pray? You whisper. Oh, sometimes you whisper when you talk to God. I like it. Children know so much more than adults. I just want you all to know. Maybe I should ask an adult, how else do we pray? Has anybody ever seen when we fold our hands and we bow our heads? Yeah, we do that a lot. But there's all different ways to pray. Talking to God is prayer. Whispering is prayer. The first thing I do when I wake up is I walk over to my window and I look out at the trees and the ocean and I say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you is a prayer. But there's other ways to pray too. So sometimes I feel like not very good. I feel kind of sad. And I just put the covers over my head. <laughs> and I say, I am so mad at you, God. I am so, so mad. Did you know that we can be mad at God? That that's a prayer? Or sometimes I put the cover over my head and I don't say a thing. I'm just too tired. No. <laughs> you can, <laughs> we can see your head, he said. <laughs> Sometimes we don't have to say a single word to God because God knows our thoughts and our hearts, and sometimes we don't have words. And what the Bible tells us is that the Spirit intercedes for us. So we can pray in all kinds of ways. Sometimes we can stand up. Yep. And we can say, thank you, God, for loving us as we are, and for creating beauty. Amen. Okay, so we can walk back out to the library. We'll do children's church.
Amen. Just a very brief word of introduction to the scripture, which we will hear read for us this morning. It comes from the gospel according to Luke, the sixth chapter. And here we find four blessings which are attributed to Jesus from his Sermon on the Plain. Now these are gonna sound somewhat familiar, though we typically read the longer list of eight Beatitudes found in Matthew's Gospel. In any event, these statements of blessing are descriptions of what creates happiness in the lives of the faithful. They are definitely not what we usually associate with happiness, which gives us a clue to Jesus' expanded understanding of human life, especially life lived in relationship with God. Both Luke and Matthew include these blessings to highlight the countercultural nature of Jesus' teachings and to lead us into an equally radical worldview. Let's listen now as Nora reads the scripture for us. Good morning, lovely people everywhere. My name is Nora Carlson. Please rise in whatever way is meaningful for you for the reading of the scripture. And you will see in the program, the bulletin, that it was Daryl Berg who was going to read this morning and who was unable to. So I've stepped in on his behalf. The scripture lesson today is a reading from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 6, verses 20 through 34 in the Common English Bible version. Jesus raised his eyes to his disciples and said, Happy are you who are poor because God's kingdom is yours. Happy are you who hunger now because you will be satisfied. Happy are you who weep now because you will laugh. Happy are you when people hate you, reject you, insult you, and condemn your name as evil because of the human one. Rejoice when that happens. Leap for joy because you have a great reward in heaven. Their ancestors did the same things to the prophets. But how terrible for you who are rich because you have already received your comfort. How terrible for you who have plenty now because you will be hungry. How terrible for you who laugh now because you will mourn and weep. How terrible for you when all speak well of you their ancestors did the same things to the false prophets. But I say to you who are willing to hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other one as well. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks, and don't demand your things back from those who take them. 
Treat people in the same way that you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, why should you be commended? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, why should you be commended? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, why should you be commended? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be paid back in full. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Oh, and thank you, so sorry. Um, please remain standing and sing the next piece. from God and from Jesus Christ who calls us into community this day. This week I was reminded of an old peanut, Peanuts cartoon which I came across a few years ago. Let me tell you about it. In the first frame, Linus asks Lucy, have you ever known anyone who was really happy? And before she can answer, Snoopy comes dancing onto the scene, head flung back, ears flapping in the wind, a big silly grin on his dog face. 
And of course, he dances right up to Lucy and gives her a big kiss, <laughs> mortifying Lucy, who we all know hates dog germs, which causes Linus in the final frame to add to his query, have you ever known anyone who was really happy and was still in his right mind? <laughs> Well, my friends, that seems like a question we could easily ask Jesus this morning based on the scripture read from Luke. It hardly seems like the best prescription for happiness when Jesus tells us God's blessing rests upon the poor and the hungry, on those who weep, on those who are reviled and excluded. Yet maybe this is the first miracle of All Saints Day. Maybe this is the wonder of that great cloud of witnesses the book of Hebrews lifts up, telling us, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. As we pray in thanksgiving for our saints, as we light candles in remembrance of those gone before us, Jesus shows us how God's realm really works. It's not about a few achieving perfection as holy ones. It is not about some selected ones receiving God's blessing. It is certainly not about happily and easily sailing through life as Christians. Luke's realism about suffering and joy about happiness hiding in the most unexpected circumstances. This means that we no longer have to pretend to be perfect ourselves. You know, Jesus knew his disciples were going to get it wrong from time to time. He knew they would try to put themselves front and center for all the wrong reasons and he also knew they would occasionally get it right. And we will too. Occasionally, we will understand what it means to be happy and still in our right minds. We will recognize that God is going to show up where we expect God not to be, with the poor, rather than with the rich, with the hungry, rather than with the satiated, with those who are weeping, rather than with those who are laughing. And hard as that may be to swallow, that God shows up where we least expect God to be, it is good news for us. Because if God can show up there, who is to say God will not show up here? John Vandeleer puts it this way, 
The kingdom of heaven is referring to God's reign experienced and lived on earth. And it is nothing short of world changing. The Beatitudes are not commandments which we must obey, as if Jesus were really trying to say, blessed are those who become poor or hungry or reviled. Rather, these are statements of the way the world really works, the way reality looks when it is seen from God's perspective. The way the world looks when seen from God's perspective. That's what we lift up every time we gather at the communion table. And that is what we remember every time we celebrate All Saints Sunday. When we lift up our siblings in faith who have died this past year. When we remember those in whose lives we have glimpsed a little bit of God's love and experienced a little bit of God's blessing, we are able to see life more clearly from God's perspective. In Luke's Gospel this morning, we find Jesus turning the world, or at least our understanding of it, upside down. Part of what we do when we celebrate All Saints Day is to join Jesus in that action of turning the world upside down. For when we commend those we have loved to God's care, we proclaim that God's realm is not some distant, far-off place, but that it exists right here and right now. And when we read this part of the gospel, we are not simply reading words Jesus spoke so long ago. We are reading words Jesus speaks to us today. The blessing of God, the grace of God, which turns the world upside down. You know what? It is not going to immunize you from pain or loss nor will it guarantee you safe passage through this life unscathed. But it will give you a sense of peace, which passes even your own understanding. It will shine light into the deepest darkness. It will bring hope into the gravest despair and promise into the bleakest moment. My friends, God knows what grief weighs down your heart this day. God knows what anxiety batters your mind this day. God knows what struggle accompanies you this day because God is there with you. Martin Luther, in the middle of his church reforms, considered the marks of the church, those things thought necessary in the life of the Christian community, things like preaching and baptism and communion. Now, Luther left that list pretty much unchanged, but he added one mark of the church that hadn't formally made the list before. 
He added struggle. Figuring that where there is faith, there is also going to be struggle. There will be those days of struggle and doubt, those moments of feeling overwhelmed, of wondering if God is with us at all, for all of us. The saints we remember, the saints that we know, they all have their share of struggle. Yet somehow they manage to remember the way the world looks when seen from God's perspective. They know that God can be found in disorder and imperfection, and that God's blessing is often realized through the struggle itself. These blessings are not just for some far away plain in the desert of antiquity. They are blessings for us in this place, in this time, when we find the courage to come to come to terms with disorder and imperfection, even that which we create and that in which we live. Well, here we are again at the cusp of another new week, another week that has been filled with pain and anguish around the world, another week which leaves us wondering about the presence of any kind of peace, much less that which passes our understanding. And so we may enter this new week with trepidation, wondering what news the coming days will hold. Or we could choose to enter it with hope. Jan Richardson offers that second choice in her blessing when the world is ending. She writes, look, the world is always ending somewhere. Somewhere the sun has come crashing down. Somewhere it has gone completely dark. Somewhere it has ended with the gun the knife, the fist. Somewhere it has ended with the slammed door, the shattered hope. Somewhere it has ended with the utter quiet that follows the news from the phone, the television, the hospital room. Somewhere it has ended with a tenderness that will break your heart. But listen, this blessing means to be anything but morose. It has not come to cause despair. It is simply here because there is nothing a blessing is better suited for than an ending. Nothing that cries out more for a blessing than when the world is falling apart. The blessing will not fix you, will not mend you, will not give you false comfort. It will not talk to you about one door opening when another closes. It will simply sit itself beside you among the shards and gently turn your face toward the direction from which will come the light, gathering itself about you as the world begins again. I think that to be a saint must surely to be welcoming of such a blessing.
It is to turn toward the light, trusting that the world will indeed begin again. For we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses cheering us on and reminding us it is possible to be happy and still be in our right minds when we are happy with God. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we come before God in a time of prayer, I would invite you to take a look at the names listed in the bulletin in need of prayer. And we'll take a few moments in silence to lift up those persons and situations, as well as those closest to your own hearts this day.
O gracious God, we thank you today for calling us your saints. In spite of our unholy lives, you look at us and you see Jesus' perfect life, life and death covering ours. Thank you for this grace, this unearned and unmerited love and acceptance which flows from you. Thank you for every Christian who has helped us on our journey and encouraged us to keep believing when we felt like giving up. Thank you for all those who taught us the faith. Thank you for those who made the ultimate sacrifice of their lives to ensure others could hear of your love in Christ or to help to make this world just a little bit more just and its peoples a little bit more kind. We remember the saints in heaven, especially those closest to our own hearts who have died in this past year. Give comfort to all those who grieve. Give them the hope that only your word can offer us. We pray for your church on earth that it may remain faithful to Christ's teaching we pray for those who are not yet part of your church and for those who have left it, asking your spirit to convince them of your love for them in Christ. We pray for the enemies of the church and those who curse your saints. Bring peace to those nations in conflict and where there is political instability. Protect those who are poor and hungry and give them hope. Move those with plenty to share with those who have little. Help all of us to love our neighbors as ourselves. O God of life, we give thanks for the love you have shown to the world through all your saints and we celebrate our continuing communion with them whenever we worship. Keep us looking to Jesus and help us to keep giving a clear witness, living the holy lives you have called us to live by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray, amen. As we prepare to offer our lives to Christ at this altar and receive the offering of his life for us, I invite us into a time of giving and thanksgiving. The offering plate will be passed in the sanctuary and I encourage you to be generous as God has been generous to us. If you are online, you may give in two ways online at edmundsumc.org slash give, or by sending a check via email to 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. Thank you for supporting the ministries and staff at EUMC. Let us with gladness present the offerings of our life and of our labor unto the Lord.
Bless, O Lord, these gifts, that it may strengthen the spirit of giving within us and strengthen the witness of this congregation in proclaiming your good news of justice and peace and love in word and in action. Amen. We come now to our remembrance of those who have died in this year since last November 1st. I will read each name while Stan lights one of the candles in their honor. And then there will be a bell that tolls and a moment of silence as we give thanks to God for the life and the witness of each of these saints. As you come to communion today, you are invited to remember your own saints who have passed, either this year or in previous years, by taking one of the candles from the basket, lighting it from the candle on the table, and placing it in the sand tray. This way, we re recreate our own particular cloud of witnesses and give thanks for the light that they shone in our lives. We begin now with the saints who have died this past year. John Rodenberg. David Danielson. Donovan Cleveno. Russell Botter. O oh God, for all these saints and the many gone before them as well, we give you thanks and praise. Amen.
We come now to a time of liturgy of communion as we remember the gathering together over time and in this present moment of all who would follow Jesus. This table is open to anyone. We invite you all to join together. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is truly right to give you thanks, O God, creator of all we know, all that is seen and unseen. You form the worlds, every star and tree and ocean, the work of your hands, even us. But more than dust and clay, you breathed your breath into us, made us in your image, walked with us in the garden, and even when death crept in, you refused to abandon us, you found a way. Still, death haunted your people in Egypt, where they faced slavery, in the promised land where they chose war, in Babylon where they were forced to live in exile. Even in good times, not all flourished. Hunger and poverty, arrogance and greed, all threatened the life of your people. So you sent your prophets to remind them to be good to each other and that death and war and exile never have the last word, that you would always return to redeem and rescue, that there was nowhere they could go, not even down to the pits of Sheol where you were not present with them. In time, you sent your son to walk among us, fully God, fully human, who ate and laughed and made friends, who taught and healed and forgave sinners, who called out hypocrites and risked safety for the sake of your kingdom. Jesus broke death's power because he showed us once and for all that God's love is stronger than death. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with choirs of angels and with that great multitude no one can count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, all the ordinary saints who have finished their race and sing forever to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. At this table, we remember the night in which Jesus was betrayed, how he sat at another table with his friends. There he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup of blessing, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant 
poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins and the wholeness and fullness of life. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. O Holy Spirit, move in us that we might know we too are counted among the saints, that we are God's beloved children, vessels of God's grace. We pray that we might be thankful and transformed so our lives may proclaim the one crucified and risen. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. Christ, Christ will, will come, come again. again. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break together and the cup we share together may remind us that in ordinary things your love is found, in ordinary lives your grace is known, and in ordinary days we can find your presence. Keep us breaking bread together in joy and in faith until you return to this world you love, this earth you made, and this people you cherish. Until that day, we lift our prayer to you, using the words recited by all generations, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save, Save us from, from the this time, time of trial and deliver us from all evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We'd like to invite the servers to come up. And when they have been served, you are welcome to come. There will be two stations. You take the bread, dip it in the cup, and there is gluten-free bread available to you at the center aisle. body of Christ given for you. The body of Christ.
O gracious and loving God, once more we have gathered around your table where we have been fed by your grace. So help us now to channel that grace and share it with all whom we meet. In Christ's name, amen.
have a few announcements that I would like to offer this morning. You'll find these in the bulletin as well, but I do want to highlight just a few. First of all, you'll notice on the front cover of the bulletin a beautiful collection of saints, um, some modern, some not so modern. Uh, these are coming to us uh, courtesy of Kelly Lattimore. It's a collection of some of the icons that he has created through the years. And you might want to take it home and see if you can identify those saints. If you get stumped, I will tell you Martha Stewart is not one of them. Uh, if you get stumped, you can look at the cheat sheet in the back of the bulletin, which will tell you all of the names of those who are depicted there. Um, also, I want to uh, lift up for you um, next Sunday, following worship, uh, many of you have asked if there could be more opportunity for conversation and learning about what is going on in Israel and Palestine right now. And uh, we are going to be joined next week by May Cannon, who is the director of Churches for Middle East Peace. And you can join uh, the advocates for um, justice in uh, Palestine and Israel in the chapel following worship. That's next Sunday to get a little bit more information and have an opportunity to um, chat together. Also, I want to remind you that today, the Caring for the Caregivers final session in the library following worship. Tonight at six o'clock here in the sanctuary, we have our foundry worship. If you are looking for a little quiet contemplative experience, I invite you to come to that. And um, on Saturday, don't forget, this is November 11th coming up, which is, of course, our strategic planning retreat. And the last I heard, there were 93 people signed up. So it's going to be a great day. I'm very excited about this. And you can read more about our facilitator in the guidelines, which came out um, this week as well. And... Um, I think there's just one more, David. Good morning. I'll be very brief, and thank you, for uh, Donna, for letting me just speak for one moment and offer a personal invitation on Saturday after the strategic planning uh, to go home, get some rest, have an early dinner, and please come back to the sanctuary for a choral concert that evening from the Evergreen Ensemble. I'm the artistic director for that group. We're presenting a concert that's themed around grief and gratitude. It's 27 very fine ensemble singers. Uh, it heavily features our beautiful organ um, in a piece of music that was lost during the Holocaust, rediscovered about 50 years later, and probably has only been performed live about five or six times, and it's a beautiful, beautiful mass setting. So I hope you'll consider coming back for that. Sounds like there's 93 people who will be in the building already. They can just come uh, there. That's wonderful. Um, you ticket, could even bring a sack dinner. That's right. And not even have to go home. There's ticket information in the bulletin. There are posters around in the narthex. Um, but it just is something that's um, uh, near and dear to my heart, and I'd love to invite and have as many of you come as can. So please, thank you. Let's stand now for the singing of our closing hymn. 
let us go out to be God's people in all God's world. Yes, to even be saints. And may the peace of Christ go with us all. Amen. Amen. Amen.